The following is a 5 for 2 production. this shit up rapidly here folks we're, we're coming to the end baby todd todd we got to get right to business tonight because tonight we can't fuck around tonight we, gotta, we, we have got a guest we have got a very very big episode for once we actually have a member of one of the bands that we're going to be talking about is going to come on the show with us and it's in the book so i'm actually going to get one of my favorite rock stars on the webisode i'm very happy about this all right so Just stick around folks in about 20 minutes we've got a really special guest for you but uh all right so let's get right to it we're going to hit you with all the other W's here. Um, let's get rid of this. Get rid of the random W's that don't even – we can just mention them and move on. Well, um, I have one that doesn't count. You know, we've talked about the shows that you, you saw with your dad growing up that didn't count. Um, right. And I've mentioned this one before, but it just bears to mention. Uh, one of the shows I saw when I was a kid at Candom Park was Porter Wagoner. And oh, I re- that's awesome. Well, yeah, but, you know, I was a little kid, and I was bored. I was like, I want to go ride the ride, you know. So now I wish, you know, I would uh, he's – Dan, are we done yet? Are we done yet? <laughs> but I can say I saw him, so uh, – anyway. Well, that, that's a very cool memory for you and your father. So yeah. God, God, God bless your dad, buddy. And it's a little bit of foreshadowing because I got another cool memory with my dad coming up here in a little while. All right. Okay. What you got for me? Uh, I'm going to go from the bottom to the top because the okay. bottom doesn't matter. Wolf Mother, who gives a shit? <laughs> I got them on my list too. I, I did see them once and I was supposed to see them this summer. They were going to be one of the opening acts on the Primus uh, Rush Tour. So, all right. Uh, so, all right. Wolf Mother, so we mentioned him. Right. Right. Winger. All right. Winger. Now, God bless him because he played bass for Alice Cooper. So, I, I'll, I'll give Kip the credit for that. I, I saw him play bass for Alice Cooper and uh, he was on the bill with Bon Jovi at, um, at uh, Buckeye Lake. And uh, that I've talked about this in the Smithereens when we talked about them. Poor Smithereens. They had to go on after Winger, but before Cinderella. So I don't know who, you know, set that that's line that up. Combo. But, but, so that's and, Winger. Uh, you know, and, 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 and let's give a little shout out to Kip for the fact that he, he carried on the Chuck Berry tradition of writing songs about pining for underage women. So, hey, she's only 17. You know, back, you know, back when pedophilia was okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, what, uh, speak, speaking of shitty metal bands, White Snake, that <laughs> Hey, now, uh, uh, now we've told, uh, I told my best White Snake story in our Motley Crue episode where my brother actually got arrested while White Snake were singing Here I 
go again on my own. So uh, I, we, right. we can't we can't beat that. And then you told your your you told your you told your best white snake hatred uh, story. Yeah, yeah. So we, we can move we, on. We talked about triumph. So no need, no need. Uh, <laughs> let, all right, let's give a positive shout out to a band that we have both seen and both know personally. Uh, thanks to the love of the drive-by truckers, the Wigs. Yes, yes. So fellow Athens band. Now, you know, I'm not sure. Now, are the Wigs still performing or? Uh, I honestly don't know. I haven't heard much from them recently. But I'm pretty uh, sure that Parker is doing a solo thing and Julian is fucking playing drums for everybody. So <laughs> God, God bless Julian Dorio. He was one of the sweetest motherfuckers in rock and roll. Uh, and, and one of the coolest drummers besides our upcoming guests. So mm-hmm. I'll give you a little teaser on that. Cheers, them. Great. Uh, uh, all right, now, we, we already mentioned the replacements, so I don't need to mention that I saw Paul Westerberg solo, <laughs> but I did. I uh, didn't even remember, really. Uh, Weezer. <laughs> ne- never saw Weezer. It was one of those bands that Catherine dragged me to. Uh, so, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, that, that was one of those uh, date night kind of things where I would never have gone to see Weezer had not there been some vagina involved later in the <laughs> evening. So. Now, Todd, you hit me with White Snake so fast. I had actually had a little grouping here of, of white bands, and I'm not talking about anything, you know, no, not white power or anything. We're, but... we're, not, we're not talking about Trump supporters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, our white section, I also have White Lion. I mentioned the callback to our very first episode. I saw them open for ACDC in 1988. White Zombie? And White Zombie. That was going to be what I mentioned. Now, I've seen White Zombie and Rob Zombie quite a few times. So I think I've good. seen White Zombie, too. I don't have them on my list. i gotta, I got to make a change on that. I've seen them, uh, I've seen them at the Newport, where uh, their opening act was Monster Magnet. We talked about right, them. White, white Lion, White Zombie. What else we got? We got um, well, I, I had uh, some White Zombie mentions here. Uh, saw them with the Ramones. At, I saw uh, with Allison Clutch. Nice, yes, yes. On a Halloween gig in Maryland. Todd, you'll, you'll appreciate this. One of the best uh, white zombie shows I saw was uh, when they came to Arizona, the Battle of the Gargantuan Tour with Pantera. And uh, we took a little, uh, we took a few mushrooms, and um, I thought Satan was going to come up out of the ground during the white zombie concert and swallow me whole. So I was. Well, then again, uh, you know, I, I I believe there was a time when we had had some hallucinogens, and I convinced you that I was Satan. So then again, you're easily I, manipulated I, as a Catholic, Kevin. Yes, you know, I, I, I so anyway, but yeah, I, I was scared at the White Zombie concert in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So. All right, now we we got to throw another shitty metal band, and God bless uh, Jane Lane uh, Warrant. I throw Warren in there. I never saw Warrant with Janie, but what? I, I I never saw Warrant with Janie. Um, I really back then I was like I probably would have avoided Didn't a Warrant. Poison in 1989 at some point. <laughs> I saw Poison over Rat. We talked about that. But what I wanted to talk about, I have seen Warrant since Janie passed away. I saw him last year, as a matter of fact, the night before Blue Oyster Cult. But um, what I wanted to, I don't know if you remember this. We've talked about ACDC Cult Night on here before. Yeah. You remember when Warrant played the Al Rosa and then they came to ACDC Cult Night after the show? No. They thought they thought the concept of bucket beer was the greatest thing they ever seen. So they kept buying the buckets and, and Jamie Lane's like, hey guys, come over and have some of our beer. We're like, dude, we do this every week and this isn't special. <laughs> you only need one bucket, dude. It's not, you know, I realize they're only $5, but you only need one of them for about four people. So, you know. So, yeah, but I have seen him recently uh, with uh, Open for Whitesnake, as a matter of fact, uh, tying it all in together again. And also saw, again. Them, also, also saw them last week at another venue that we've talked about many times here on the show, the 
Obet Zucchini Fest. So uh, they didn't quite draw the crowd that Ted Nugent Damn or Brett Michaels Ohio. did. <laughs> All right. So Wasp, Todd, have you seen Wasp? I have not. Although, you know, being the Alice Cooper fan that I am, I was well aware of them early on. Uh, you know, I, anybody who uh, ties a woman up onto a stake on, on stage and throws live me out is all my kind of thing. That's, you know, I'm down for that. I uh, did see Wasp uh, back in the day where they opened for my first Kiss concert and they had uh, their own heads up on pikes behind them. Pretty cool. Uh, and then I also saw that well, we've talked headless, about... It was the, was it was the uh, Last Command Tour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, yep. I remember and, that picture on the album. And then I talked about... Mine in Texas. That was a great song. <laughs> yes, yes. That was actually... That, that's probably my favorite Wasp album, quite honestly. Um, but then I also saw them headline at the Newport... And they had the misfortune of having Slayer opening for them on the, on the Rain and Blood tour. It just the, the crowd wasn't, you know, the, they yeah, weren't very excited. That, 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 that's that's like seeing Clutch before the Drive By Truckers. Uh, <laughs> that's just not not gonna work. Yeah, but, but uh, uh, yeah. So. I, I, I had a quick Wasp for story, even though I never saw them. Okay. Uh, when I worked briefly at WXMX, uh, the the mix in Columbus, very uh, it was a bit light alternative uh radio station uh you know light easy hits i i knew i was getting fired anyhow so i played every song with the word f in it i possibly could find including several wasp numbers so uh yeah so i just want to shout out to wasp for giving me the ability to play a song with the f word on the radio so thank you right, wasp. Right. Yeah, I used to I used to get excited whenever I put that on my playlist on WSR as well. Fuck like a beast. Absolutely. So, all right, I, I got I got two stories, okay. and then I'm ready for the guest whenever you are. Okay, well, let me go down my other room. I've got several more uh, honorable mentions. Got a couple stories. We'll, we'll, we'll trade off on those. Um, another, uh, you, you call them a shitty metal band, but uh, uh, great, uh, great band out of Sweden called Witchcraft. That's another Woody show. Uh, good band. Their singer, uh, he was uh, very adept at uh, picking up the ladies here in town with using his accent. Hey, that's funny. Anyway, dude, dude knew how to pull in some poontang. I'm going to give him some credit there. Um, we talked about Wrathchild America, uh, our old buddy Brad Divins. So First mentioned... time I ever tripped was at the Wrathchild America show at the Newport. <laughs> I think it was with you, actually. Uh, Probably uh, Pantera when they played with Pantera. Or it might I, have been when... I don't think I saw them with Pantera. Oh, okay. Well, they did come to Newport. I, they did headline the Newport once, and there were about 25 people there. It was crazy. It turned into that just was like it. That was they, the night. they started playing like every cover song they knew and everything. They're just like, well, we're just going to take this back to our uh, bar days, everybody. Um, again, I want to give a shout out to another metal band that I had the uh, fortune of opening for. A uh, real Sabbathy heavy band out of Virginia called Windhand. Uh, that was cool, uh, dude. The, the the cops got called like three times during their set because the venue that was this little bar and their apartments <laughs> above the bar, <laughs> and they were just fucked. When the bass when the bass player shows up, when the bass player shows up with two full Ampeg stacks behind him, you know it's going to be a loud show. But uh, also mention. Uh, Warlock, uh, Doro Pesh, uh, she's looking very good these days, hanging in there. You, Todd's like, who? G- German hottie. Um, Widowmaker, D. Snyder's uh, solo band. Saw them once out at the uh, Foundation Forum in L.A. And then we're getting into the big bands here, Todd. But uh, before we do, I got to give a shout out to, back in the day, um, there's a local band that I went to see all the time, and not the 
band that went on to actually have a major label contract that we're going to talk about later. But uh, they were a thrash metal band. And, and you know, what I, we talked about concerts. You, you got to like it when a band really puts on a show. You know, they're just like, I you're, not, you're not just showing up at their show and they're just coming out playing the songs or whatever. Go buy some beer. They actually take the time to, to set up a stage and you know, set up the gear nice and maybe have a few accoutrements on stage. And, and even gone as far as, as the first show I saw by my favorite old thrash metal band in town, Wicked. They had these cool tickets that so shout out to those guys, all still really cool, good friends, Wes and Gil and Chili and Jesse. Sorry, you guys, uh, you know, you, you, you didn't you didn't go the Metallica route, but, uh, you know, you 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 touched this young metalhead's, uh, you know, life and uh, they hit hard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So anyhow, but Todd, uh, that brings us. Uh, we talked about Joe Walsh. We kind of talked about him back on the Eagles. I got a episode. Joe Walsh story. That oh, I've okay. Been all right, well, uh, hit me with Joe Walsh right now because. Uh, All right, so now it, it go. It, we're going. We're going back. We're referring back to the R episode. Okay. But I I, I want to show the, you that the, first. The, the two hour marathon R episode. Two hour marathon. So I want to show you that first. So that's uh, Joe Walsh downtown Vets <clears throat> Memorial. Uh, it was October 29th, ninety two. Now, if you okay. look at this ticket. That is for the Ramones and Social Distortion at the Newport. Same night. I remember oh, that show. Same night. I was oh, at the Social Distortion. Night. I was at the Social Distortion Ramones show. I did now, not... folks, this is a story about life choices. Do you go see Joe Walsh? Do you go see the Ramones? And this was the choice given to me by my buddy Rob Walker at QFM 96, who... At that point, I already been fired from the station, so he was my only connect. So uh, let's just say I was doing him a favor, and he was returning the favor to me. So Rob gave me the choice of, do you want to go see Joe Walsh or you want to go see the Ramones? And I had seen the Ramones a couple times, even though I got thrown out the first episode. Uh, but um, I said, well, I'll, I'll take the Joe Walsh. So I get down to the station. I do the favor for him. He does the favor for me, and he's like, well, you know what? Just go ahead and take a pair of Ramones tickets while you're at it. Why not? Sure. So, me and my buddy, who I'm not going to mention his name anymore because we don't want to bring him up because he doesn't like being mentioned on the show, but my good buddy since fifth grade, love him dearly, uh, he came along for the ride, and we went down to the Newport to try to sell these Ramones tickets. Uh, and there was a line of about 30, 40, you could tell, diehard, all-black dressed, you know, Ramones fans. None of them needed a ticket. They all had theirs. Nobody wanted to buy my Ramones tickets. So we're like, dude, you know, Joe Wall starts at 8. Let's get downtown. So we drove down High Street, you know, got down to Vets, got in our seats, got a beer, sat down. Perfect timing. Joe Walsh comes out with this three-male backup singing group and they opened with a seven bridges road that you would not believe I Fuck the Eagles. Going there. this knocked it out of the park and uh and he he played everything from uh you know uh you know from from uh the the confessor to uh 15 years so it was it was close to that time you know like after that record and 
And um, fantastic show. It was over by 10 o'clock. So my friend and I decided, well, let's go down to the Newport and see if maybe we can catch, you know, the last 15 minutes of the Ramones. Because normally, you know, Newport shows are over about 11. You know, by the time we got down there and parked, it was close to 1030. And uh, so we, we got to the front the desk and I handed him my tickets. I can hear the band playing. I'm like, is it almost over? And the guy says, yeah, yeah, they're, they're finishing up their set right now. Ah, whatever. So we went in and we caught the end of the social distortion set. Got to see Ring of Fire and, uh, and Ball and Chain and the entire Ramon show. Both for free. Thank you very much, Rob Walker. So uh, that, that's, that's, my, that's my Joe Walsh story. And I know I, I can tell you're looking at the clock here, Kevin. So we got to wrap it up for our yeah. special guest. I, well, I, I wasn't looking at the clock so much as I wanted to pull up a set list. So that's what I was doing there. But ah. um, obviously, uh, we have. Well, to- I got I got one more W, which I'm sure you could probably join in on, and I'm sure our guest could probably chime in on this as well. Okay. Uh, um, might even just save it for when our guest arrives. But okay, well, we could do uh, that. We could actually kick off with, are we talking about the who by chance? That's what I'm talking about. All right. Well, why don't we do that? We could ease into 20 questions with uh, her by talking about the who. Well, you know, folks, um, uh, we had uh, 20 questions prepared for, uh, you already blew it. Uh, well, wait, I guess, I guess we are, we, we've already, we've already said who's coming on the show. So. Yeah. We've, we, we've said before that we, we booked him. We, we were good enough to, you know. We, All right. So, right now. so we, our, our special guest, Herb Shop is a drummer uh, extraordinaire for one of the greatest rock and roll bands ever to come out of Columbus, Ohio, Watershed, which is, of course, what we're going to be spending the rest of the show talking about is Watershed. So uh, before Um, we do that... I have a couple of uh, stories about a very famous family in music, Uh, the Williams family. I thought you were going to say the Waltons. (laughs) No, no. Uh, when we did, Todd, when you did your episode, your did your Memorial Day episode of uh, what the hell was that? Yeah. The, very, the very first person you mentioned was the late great Hank Williams. True. Of course, uh, you know he has died in what fifty three? Nineteen fifty three, New Year's Day, nineteen fifty three. Died in his car. Yep, yeah, freezing to death uh, after boozing it up. So gay, yeah, just like Bon Scott. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so be careful, Todd. If you if you go anywhere and you slip your car, keep your heat running, please. Okay. That's why I live in Florida, folks. <laughs> so, um, Todd, um, the first show that I ever saw. Now we talked about the show earlier in the episode that doesn't count. So my dad okay. took us to shows when we were kids. I saw uh, he took us to Porter Wagner. I know he took us to a Bill Monroe at that same place. Um, actually, saw Waylon and Willie at the Ohio State Fair when I was very wow. young. Can just barely remember that. You ever see Johnny Cash? I, I saw Johnny Cash, but not with my dad. I saw Johnny Cash in '94 uh, uh, with our old friend uh, Kim. Uh, uh, All right, so we're getting off topic. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah you got us off topic, but I did. But I did see Johnny Cash, of course, not with dad though. But uh, the first show that I ever saw with my dad that I count, you know, as kind of a teenager after I started going to concerts, right, was me, my brother Steve. And my dad all went to see Hank Williams Jr. at the Charleston Civic Center. Now, of course, uh, I left dad and Steve sitting in the seats and did what I did at, you know, Charleston concerts. I rushed the stage. 
But I still counted as, you know, going to the show with Dad. I mean, we rode, rode home with him, right? We rode there together. He bought the beer at the show. I rode back with him. So, uh, but anyway, so okay. that kind of that kind of started uh, my uh, concert career with Dad. Uh, the last show I ever saw with him was uh, Charlie Daniels Band. Uh, so, you know, we come full circle there with the Southern Rock. But uh, that's awesome. I uh, also, speaking of Dad. I also saw Hank Williams Jr. once down at the Capitol Music Center, which we've mentioned a couple of times on here. And uh, me and our old friend Doug Sexton were driving along. We got off the exit. We're cruising down the road towards the venue, cranking up some kind of country music or probably some metal or something, maybe some Hank Jr. And all of a sudden, Doug's like, go and look out. I look up and bam, we crash right into the rear end of the car in front of us. All the people in the car, Todd, turn around and look at us and take off <laughs> so so i avoided that headache i get out look at my car the front end is all smashed but it's still drivable so we go to the show and and, and god bless i had to, i lied to my dad i did well, you know your car probably looked like everyone else is in the parking lot that night I, so don't worry about it todd I, I got god bless him i lied to my dad uh yeah i did confess to him years later but at the time i told him that someone had backed into me in the parking lot oh, man they just Back, crashed right into me, and then they took off at seventy miles an hour. It was amazing. They were they were going like crazy. So uh, anyway, so those are the those are my good memories about Hank Williams Jr. And uh, right. Hank Williams the third. I just want to mention because I've kind of seen him in all of his various facets of music. We talked about on Leonard Skinner how me and Mindy actually saw him when he was sixteen. He came out and played drums with Hank. Right. Well, since he's become an adult, I've seen him do the whole, uh, the oh, whole, uh, I, I saw him a super joint ritual play, you know, bass. I've seen him do the country thing. His concerts, Todd, he's on stage himself for four hours and the band just rotates behind him. He comes out, he starts out with his country stuff so that, you know, those people can leave if they want. He's very polite. Um, and then he kind of gets, right, all the old folks go home now. Exactly. He kind of. But he kind of gets into the more hellbilly stuff, and then he ends it out with the, just the full-on blasting, cranked-up stoner meadow where there's maybe only about, you know, 25 to 100 people that can, you know, really hang with him. Really, you can just show up about two-thirds of the way through the show just to get to the good shit. Right, if you if that's your thing. And if you want to go to the country, hey, if you're there for the country stuff, you're going to get an early night. So, yeah, go in and get a corn dog afterwards. You're good to go. All right, Todd, so... Uh, I think that's going to do it if we're going to save Save the guest. Come on, man. Let's go. We're going to save the who for next. All right. 20 episodes. We finally got a guest coming. (laughs) We're going to take a break, and we will be back with uh, uh, her from Watershed. Herbie! Stick around. Watershed. All right. We'll be back. (laughs) Welcome back to Ticket Stubs, episode W, motherfuckers. And uh, we, got we actually have show. a guest, another guest, Tom. Guest this night, guys. We have Herb Shop from Watershed. Good evening. <clears throat> Herb, we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, we, for we, we've joked all along here about whether we could possibly get one of the members of the bands that we're talking about on here on the show. And, <laughs> and you, you've made our dream come true, so yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Herb. We appreciate it, buddy. Anytime, anytime. Now, Herb, we already have uh, done about half a show here before you joined us, and we were talking about some other W bands, and we left one off before we get to Watershed, uh, and that was The Who. So uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure we're all Who fans here. Uh, Indeed. 
have, have you ever seen The Who? I have never seen The Who. Oh, you poor thing. Really? Yeah, yeah never, seen, never seen I it. find that surprising, Herb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. It, uh, shame on me. That, that's well, why you were thrown out of Watershed the first time, right? <laughs> probably. Colin said, what? We've got a drummer that's never seen The Who. We can't, uh, you know. <laughs> let's, hey, Kev, Kevin, let's, let's not, let's not uh, make up false history about uh, the band. I, I know, absolutely. Yeah, no, you, we will if not. you've seen Herb's wife, you know damn well why he left the band. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, my Who story that I want to tell real quick is about my first Who concert. Um it was the uh, it was the Tommy the, the 1980 1989 uh, Tommy uh, tour, and um, we went to Cleveland, uh, the old Municipal Stadium, um, and I had a big group of people. Uh, my friend Jamie come up from my hometown. Another friend of mine, uh, who I always thought you reminded me of, Todd, a guy named Jeff Weems, might have been one of the. The reasons that uh, we became friends so quickly, I was like, "He looks like a cool guy." I know already. But, uh, and then uh, our old friend Will, and uh, we all. The funny thing about Jamie and Jeff Weems, Jamie rode to Columbus on his motorcycle, and it was raining, just pouring rain that day. Jeff Weems passed him on the way, but they didn't know each other. So when we got to the house in Columbus, where we were meeting at, he's like. Oh, dude, sorry, I could have given you a ride, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, so we all pile in the van, we're driving to Cleveland, and the traffic is just, I mean, backed up like crazy, like parking lot all the way, all the way there, and Will is freaking out. Oh my God, we're going to miss the show, we're going to miss the show, we're not going to make it, we're going to miss the show. Dude, we get there. riding with Will, okay? We get, we get there, the lines are crazy outside the stadium, you know, we're waiting forever, we're not going to make it in, we're not going to make it in. But when we get up to the turnstile that we were waiting in, it, it, there was no one there taking tickets. Someone had ripped out the turnstile, and it was literally people funneling into the show for free. Wow. Wow. So until, until recently, when they started scanning tickets, like in the last decade, The Who was my only full ticket in my stub collection because nice. no one would ever ripped it. So <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So, Todd, uh, you got any Who memories? I, I saw him on that tour. Uh, the best show I ever saw was with our buddy who was not allowed to be mentioned here. Her <laughs> name starts with a B, but B doesn't like to be mentioned on the show. So, uh, so me and B uh, went up to Cleveland and saw The Who in 2000. This was before Ox died. And uh, they did not have the 20 backup singers and extra musicians. It was just the band and they had Rabbit on keyboards, who used to play with Alice Cooper. And it was one of the most amazing Who shows I have ever seen. I missed seeing this, but Bram swears uh, that he saw Pete Townsend walk off stage, throw up, and come right back on and finish the song. So, I mean, th that's rock and roll, folks. So, uh, <laughs> you know. All right, let's, let's get right to the guest. Come on, All we right. have to talk to her yet. We have talked about Watershed so much on this show, as you can probably imagine, because you know how much Todd and I, you know, love your band. So, uh, so yeah, we're her, her, let me, all right, let's, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to change up the set list on the questions here. Okay. okay. When was the first time you remember meeting either Kevin or I? Oh, gosh. The first time, I think, uh, was it at a show with you, Todd? You were working for the radio station, the Ohio State University radio station, and I, I WSR. I can't recall exactly when it was, but um, uh, I, I mean, I, I do. I remember those first couple encounters. I just can't recall where they were. 
Well, Probably. we were drinking a lot, Herb, so that's okay, buddy. It's, uh, <laughs> the first show I remember Todd dragging me to see, he's like, you got to see this band, you got to see this band. I'm like, okay, I'll go already, you know, and I, it was Ruby's in the basement. So yeah. if you could yeah. remember some of those shows, that's yeah. that's where I came on board. Wow. The, the wow. first time I saw Watershed, you guys were playing a benefit for WOSR. This was around April of 1989, right after you had uh, changed your name to Watershed. Yep. And you were playing the Ohio Union with a couple other bands. And, I, you know, I was the MC of the night because I was the program director. And, uh, dude, you were the only band that I could have cared about. Everyone else was like, ah, oh, a bunch of, you know, jackass. Was it in but, the big room? It wasn't the Connells, was it? No. It oh. might have been the Connells. I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. Because it was a whole bunch of, like, local bands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember. And uh, and so I remember just meeting you guys and saying, all right, well, what can I do to help? And yeah. I remember yeah. Colin coming on my show, uh, like, the next week. Not that anyone listened to WOSR. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, at the time, I was interning at QFM. So I thought, hey, maybe I'd give these guys on a real radio station. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, God bless you, Herbie. Uh, you know. So, all right. So let's 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 get to the questions here. Okay. Uh, what was your first concert, Herb? My very first concert was Billy Squire, Emotions in Motion tour at the Ohio Center. Okay. Uh, I begged and pleaded with my mom and dad. They finally let me go. I'm with a buddy of mine, and the only way we could go is if uh, his brother. Uh, you know, chaperone was with us, so we <laughs> like my sister Minnie. <laughs> we, we were in this, yeah, I think it was seventh or eighth grade. Uh, but yeah, we had uh, you know, uh, we were up in the in the rafters in the back, but it was it was amazing. It was my first show. I remember getting my first you know concert t shirt and going to school the next day, you know, all proud and stuff. So yeah, it was awesome. Do you still have the shirt, Herb? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, who, yeah, what's the next question? Who were your, uh, here's here's like the cheesy question you always ask, you know, musicians when you have on. Who were your early influences on drums? Oh, uh, gosh, you know, I mean, the who, you know, you got Keith Moon, obviously, uh, Kenny Jones, who took over after uh, after poor Keith passed, but um uh, Cheap Trick was a big influence, so Bunny Carlos was, was a big influence. My all-time favorite still is, even though, uh, his playing doesn't really match any of mine. I really, Stuart Copeland of the police is just one of my, I just love, uh, I just love his stuff. Nice. Todd um, actually talked about in our uh, C episode how one of his favorite backstage memories was watching you talk drums with Bunny Carlos. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that the night they came to the, uh, to the bar, to the library bar? Yeah. We, yes, we that, might as well ask that story. Yeah, we'll we'll um, go ahead and jump to that. Yeah, that how question. How happened, Herb? How the hell did you guys get Cheap Trick to come to the library bar? You know, I had no idea to this day. I just, uh, we opened up for them at the uh, Newport, and uh, we were all buddy-buddy with them. Um, obviously big fans and, you know, just uh, were crazy uh, over them. And uh, I, it was probably Colin, uh, Mike, you know, probably one of those two that, somehow got them to, to come out and boy they all came out that <laughs> night to the little old library bar and we just had a hell of a time didn't we you know how is it that we did not have any pictures of that there there's no i mean I like, do. i've got pictures um uh, I, uh, they're around the the water uh, uh mike biggie mcdermott he's our archivist our archivist and he he's got all that stuff so Cool. Uh, Good to know, Todd. There are pictures that exist. Colin sent me a couple that he has. 
Um, in that uh, fold-out of the new album, aren't there a couple pictures from that? Uh, I, I, I there might it. be, her, but my vision's so bad at this age, buddy, I needed to get the goddamn micro, micro glass out to look at that. I've, I've got it right here. I might research it as we uh, go on. What, yeah. um, Herb, what was the band's first gig or the first, you know, gig that you can remember? And um, then there's a part two of this. It was probably, oh, God, there was a bar. I remember, um... You know, uh, what's now, that? Does Bill, does Bill Nabs count? What's that Army Navy store on the south side of campus uh, near the beer stube? Right across the street, there was a bar there, and I can't remember the damn name of it, but we played there. Oh, it was a crap hole. But Neely uh, Bees? Was it Neely Bees? Yeah, maybe it was Neely. That sounds, yes. I might- never went to Neely Bees, but I, I have friends in local. I moved here right after Neely yeah. Bees. And, but yeah. I have so many local musician friends that talk about that place, and it sounds like the right location. Yep, yep, that's probably it. But what would you consider? you at your first Apollo shows. Yeah. Okay. Yep. When, you, when you guys first started playing Apollos. Everybody yeah. played Apollos or Sandros back in the day. Yeah, exactly. That was very early on. And as a matter of fact, I, I remember the first night that Andy Heineman uh, was allowed to touch the guitar strings <laughs> and, and tune up your guitars as a roadie. I, I was there that night. <laughs> Watershed history. Uh, what would have, you could add Hyman on this call too, because I gar- I guarantee uh, Hi- Hi- Hyman's actually told me a little bit of that cheap trick story that you may not know Herb. Yeah. Uh, so I think there was an extra reason why Cheap Trick <laughs> went to the library that night. Oh, okay. Like, it had it. nothing to do with hanging out with us. So. <laughs> that, that makes complete sense. That's all fine. right. Well, I'll, I'll go. Ahead, I'll go ahead and leave that there. Well, the second part of that would be, do you have any a memory of your worst gig? Uh, probably, yeah. It just, uh, you know, the, the, it, towards the end where I was just starting to uh, kind of get fed up with, uh, with just doing my thing, and I was just getting too, too stagnant. Um, and uh, I think the final straw was when we started playing with uh, ICP, the insane clown. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were going to get to that a little later, but in, uh, let's go ahead and bring that, that shit up now. So, all right. Probably, that's probably the worst. Those were probably the worst gigs. Okay. okay. So, all right. How in the hell did, <laughs> did you guys get on a tour with ICP? You know, uh, someone knew... Someone knew, uh, uh, I forget the guy's name, uh, the, the main guy. and Clowny number one. Yeah, we talked them into to, to doing this because we thought it would be a really good, um, we thought it would be an interesting platform, you know, that it, maybe rock would fit into to this, but we were, we were dead wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, uh, do you have the questions there? You want me to keep going with me, Mike? All right, so we're, we're just going to keep – we're going to mess up the order a little bit here. Okay. okay. Keep scratching them off as we keep going. Okay. All right, so uh, that, that was a bad tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about, let's talk about some of the good tours. All right, so we talked about Cheap Trick. What was it like to, to open for Cheap Trick, your heroes, man? Gosh, I mean, uh, every single one of those uh, members are just amazing musicians and songwriters and – just so well crafted i mean you know you learn a lot and you know we just soaked it all in but man amazing amazing playing with those guys really really great guys got to hang out quite a bit after some of the shows and 
just you know super super guys and well uh, obviously they took a liking to you to yeah. let you open for them more than one or two or three occasions so yeah yeah, yeah. and to this day i mean we you know it's uh, they, they they know who we are i mean we uh we taught our love for them uh or we we talk about our love for them quite a bit so okay well this kind of goes along with that then um uh how did um what are your memories and how did watershed get signed to epic records how did that all come about okay so great story so we uh you know obviously uh we were starting to, you know we'd been playing a lot playing a lot just really getting out there uh really going for it uh, this was what we wanted to do um and we were shopping you know shopping our stuff uh to any 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 radio or any record company we could that would listen or any contacts we had. And sure enough, uh, there was a girl that we went to high school with, Amy Yates, and she was a, an actress and she went out to New York and she was dating a guy that, uh, worked for Jim Steinman and lucky, you know, lucky us. Uh, we were, we were good friends. She got our tape into his hands and you know, that's, that's the, the rest of the stories there. So we, uh, started going out there for some shows and some, um, and we got, uh, we got, you know, he was able to get out to his buddies at Epic and. Now, what to, was, uh, Jim Steinman's manager's name again? Uh, Don? Yeah, Don. That's right. Don. And I can't remember Don's last Hedlinger name. or. What is it? Hedlinger? I don't know, I'll have to look on the back of a Twister CD. Yeah. I just remember being in his apartment the night you guys signed. And yeah, yeah, we used to stay all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. then this um, this goes right along with that. Then describe recording at the power station and living in New York City. Oh gosh, uh, probably the great the greatest time in my life was was that you know that that uh, that period. Um, so I'm sure time. your wife and kids will be glad to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you you had the greatest time of your life before you got married and had kids. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, anyway, we, we got signed, um, and uh, you know, of course, we wanted to get started uh, recording the album right away. So uh, we decided uh, it was decided we would do it in New York. We do it. Jim was gonna man the helm, be the executive producer, bring in his uh, producer engineers on this. Um, and, uh, you know, we were able to get an apartment right there. I think it was 51st and 8th, I remember. I still, every time I go to New York City, I walk by there. I would take my wife by there. And the last time the kids were there, we walked by there. But, uh, <laughs> and we would just, uh, we would go in uh, in the evening. And we would probably 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And we would work till 3 or 4 in the morning, come home, sleep in the afternoon. It was just amazing. We met. What, so what, was, your, what was your per diem, Herb? I don't even remember. I mean, it was enough to have spaghetti every night and a couple of cases of beer laying around all the time. All right. So, so that 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 leads to the other question. Uh, how much of your how much of your advance <laughs> for the record deal uh, went to paying for sushi and weed for Jim Steinman? <laughs> <laughs> Probably quite a bit. I remember one night. I mean, Jim was Jim was extremely eccentric and uh, very eccentric. And he was, you know, uh, you know, big into wine, big into food. I remember he took us all out to a, a very well-known, uh, nice, very nice restaurant in New York called the called Gotham. And you know, we all sat down, and the waiter came over, and Jim was like, "I want 
two of the first page and just bring the whole second page over when, you know, when, after the appetizers come out and it was just bottles and bottles of wine. It was a, it was an amazing night. Now, so Herb, here's my question. Um, I love Biggie. Uh, You know, I, I don't doubt his ability as a road manager whatsoever, but it's at some point someone should have said, Who's paying for this shit? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, did anyone ask? Is this coming out of our end, or you know, is this is this just a write off for somebody? I, yeah, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we of course now we uh, we realize what fools we were, <laughs> uh, but you know, it was fun while it lasted. Hey, we right. spent a lot of money on the album, but we, you know, you know, we were we're very conservative guys. I mean, we. We never got a bus, you know, we never, you know, got the high ticket items. We, uh, we, you know, we, we saved our money as, you know, as best we could. So we did everything on the cheap. We got one hotel room. We'd all sleep in one hotel room. We stayed in a van. Uh, so we, you know, we, we made the best of, of the money that, that we got. So right do you remember the time that you came out to Los Angeles and you were playing the house of blues, I do. uh, opening up for the smithereens. And I was, I was living in LA at the time. Uh, the, yes, the boys were, were, were crashing in the hotel. You, you, these guys were staying at, 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 uh, at the Hyatt on Sunset, baby, the oh, fucking yeah. ride house. <laughs> right, right across the street. I mean, now, now, granted, they weren't on the Sunset side, so they couldn't throw the TV uh, <laughs> off the balcony. But, uh, but still, they are, they are, they are at the, they are at the ride high, you know, rocking. You came down to visit me, and uh, we we took a little drive around. We went out to the beach, I think. I do recall uh, you, me, and the band going out to Barney's Beanery and uh, for a little afternoon beverage. Yeah, and uh, and Quentin Tarantino was yeah, was sitting yeah, was sitting right uh, at a table by himself. We were gawking. I think after about five minutes of gawking at it, he yeah, got, scared got tired. He was out of there in like yeah, yeah. two minutes. Uh, you know. Well, that's perfect. That leads into this question. Um, Obviously, you recorded with Jim Steinman, who's a celebrity in his own right, at least among, you know, rock fans. But um, did you have any other celebrity run-ins in the studio while you were recording? Yeah, several. We uh, Aerosmith was in there, Steven Tyler running around. That's pretty big. <laughs> Go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, I said, that's oh. pretty big. <laughs> the the so, forum's uh, yours, buddy. I'm, I'm just, you know, making color comments. This color is your comments. show tonight, Herb. <laughs> the, uh, the, the way the power station was set up is, you know, you, you came in, you came upstairs, and there was a general kind of area where the couches were and you had the front uh, the front desk there where the receptionist sat um, and you had to uh, all the bathrooms out there so at some point or another you were going to run into people it's just the way it was set up people coming out to go to the bathroom or coming out to see what was on the tv so um, we were in studio a which is the big one but you know you had uh, there were upstairs and downstairs but man acdc was there hung out got to talk to brian johnson um, for a few minutes talking football, uh, um, Charlie Drayton and Steve Jordan. Did over there? Did he steal some of their stuff? Uh, did we? I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, maybe. Statue of Limitations is probably well, off. So borrowed. You know, borrowed. It's yeah. definitely not beneath us to do something like that. So we, <laughs> but uh, we, we, it, it, it became customary for us to have a, a snare drumhead signed by – every big uh, um, 
um, artist that was in there. So we had, so I've got drumhead from Vanessa, Vanessa Williams is in there recording something. Uh, little Steven was in there. Uh, Kenny, Kenny, Ar- Kenny Arnoff came and, uh, and played the tambourine, the drummer from John Mellencamp came and played the tambourine on a tune we were doing. Man, we met some really cool Come people. Nice. What's that? Which, which we, uh, we actually were just kind of screwing around and we did, uh, I think we did like California man. And, and he was, he was in there and he, uh, he said, you got Kenny Arnoff played yeah. on your fucking yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> So wow. amazing, pretty amazing. <laughs> Excellent. Now, now, okay, now, Herb, you alluded to it. It wouldn't be above you to engage in some, uh, you know, uh, some underhanded uh, tactics. So there was a rumor that there might have been some ballot box stuffing involved in your 1988 <laughs> win for the Lanterns Best Local Band Award. True or false? I cannot confirm nor deny that. <laughs> okay. But yes, that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, I love it. Yeah, right. We're delving we're, we're deep tonight, Herb. We're digging in. Now. This, I like this, it. I like it. Not, right. These are not just football questions here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the original name of the band was The Wire. Um, in the beginning of 1989, you changed it to Watershed. Uh, yes, what yes. are your memories about that, and who and how did you choose the new name? So, yeah, so we... Um, we, we called it, we were the wire before we became watershed. And uh, I think we, the wire was the name of some newspaper or magazine that was done by some company. It was called the wire. It was done pretty cool. And we, 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 we stole it, you know, we grabbed that name for, for lack of other names. Um, and then once we, and that was back in high school and stuff. Once we became really serious, we got down to Ohio State. Willie Phoenix kind of took us under his wing. We really started to to learn the craft more and understand more how to write songs um, and compose songs. Uh, it was time. I, I think at some point another there was another band called The Wire, so we knew it's sooner or later we we're going to have to change it. And and Joe Joe uh, Joe brought it to the table because. You know, a watershed event. You know, it, it means like a you know um, um, an event or a period of time where after that nothing's the same. And we thought that was a see. Todd's got it on the shirt right there. The old original. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. Yeah, I always love that with the definition. I, that I can you guys still had squeeze on. into this fucker, Herb. <laughs> so it was very apropos. Well, well, great name and screw that band in South Africa. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I said that. Uh, okay, this is a good one. And uh, roughly. How many years and how many gigs did you play before, quote, unquote, making a big? So we'll count that as the uh, epic signing. Yeah, yeah from, from, from like, from, from the night that we got, from the night you guys signed in New York City, uh, uh, when, when we had the, when we had the party. Back. How, how many, how many gigs before that? Gosh, I, you know, I, I tried to even sit down and think about it i had no idea we played a lot i mean it, it was our uh it was our job so we we took it very seriously we what was your gig lot. schedule like in those early days like w- like would you just take anything and everything i've heard about the subway gigs from friends that went to high school yeah uh, yeah yeah all that there. stuff yeah so that yeah all those early yeah all that early stuff in high school yeah we took a bunch of that stuff but, uh, <laughs> uh, can you play at bill Maff restaurant yeah, we did, Colin. Uh, I, yeah, and I worked there too. Yeah, we did for a birthday party, or so I, I forget what we did. <laughs> we did. We did. 
Okay, so let's fast forward into the, the, the good times with Watershed. Uh, when when yeah. you did, after you have made it, what are some of, besides Cheap Trick, who we've talked about, and I think we've mentioned the Smithereens, what are some of the other favorite bands that you've opened for? Well, you know, I made a list. I was thinking about the Smithereens are definitely on there because, my God, I mean, not, uh, what another just amazing band, great musicians, great, you know, Pat Denunzio, great songwriter. I mean, Wow. Why you grab that? We mentioned them earlier, just in this episode, because yeah. we mentioned Winger, and I don't know if you if you went to this show or remember this, but Bon Jovi played at Buckeye Lake in 1988, and um, I think I went to that show. Cinderella were the direct support. Yeah, yeah. I was Winger there. were the openers, and the poor Smithereens were sandwiched between Winger and and Cinderella. I don't remember <laughs> that. Oh my God, you're kidding me. I was so excited. I was so excited to see the Smithereens because I liked them, you know. Yeah. I was like, I did think it was a little weird billing. I'm sure it was yeah. the New Jersey connection that got them yeah, on the gig. Yeah, exactly. But this but this poodle haired, hair sprayed, hair metal chick yeah. next to me stood and screamed the entire time, You suck! Get yeah. off the fucking stage. Yeah, um, yeah. Yes. Shout out to the Smithereens, great band. But but who else? Uh, okay. So uh, we we mentioned Cheap Trick. Uh, you know, early days. Gosh, we we used to go up to Detroit and play all the time, and we became such great friends with a great band called the Generals back then. They and they kind of split up, but we used to go up there and play with them all the time and spend a night at their you know at their draw at their uh, at their house where all, where they all lived and had some great parties, but man, and then, uh, you know, one of the most talented guys from that group was, was Speck, was John uh, Speck, and man, he, amazing songwriter, amazing guitar player, and he, uh, you know, the Fags and some other bands that he, he was in, he started, that were just, just amazing. Um, Dash Rip Rock! Dash Rip Rock, I was getting to them, we, we toured with them relentlessly, we, we, we really played in the South a lot, we seemed to do have good reception in the South and towns like Columbia, South Carolina and Atlanta and stuff like that. So we toured a lot, became real good friends with Dasher Rob and we would follow them for weeks at a time on, on their tours down there. And, and man, we, we had some great times with them as well. <laughs> There's some crazy motherfuckers here. <laughs> uh, another band, Todd was talking about his days at, uh, at OSU at, at the Student Center. I remember a show we did right after it, it we brought, we brought on a keyboard player to try, you know, as a time we were trying uh, to fill in some, some you know, some... Uh, Remember the keyboard player, Eric, <laughs> I do. We were trying to fill some holes musically in the band, and, oh, God, that was an interesting It didn't time. go well. But, but we opened for the Connells, and to this day, I'd never, I, I had no idea who they were, but to this day, they're still one of my favorite bands. Love them. Uh, if you don't know who they are, uh, start listening uh, another band we played with that we got to, to know and hook up with that uh, comes to mind is a band uh, from Austin, Texas called The Highway Men. Um, they had to change their name. Uh, uh, they, because, uh, of the... yeah, because of the... <laughs> the actual Highway Men. <laughs> yeah, when you got Willie and Johnny Cash uh, <laughs> against money against you, you know, you're screwed. Yeah, that, that, that's a hard rap to beat. We're, we're taking your name, boys. <laughs> yeah. those uh, those came to mind uh when, when i was uh i was going through all this stuff so yeah we yeah um, all right so all right we 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 both oh wait 
I'm, it's saying uh, it, it's okay. It's saying that uh, we we can continue on. It said that yep. there is no forty minute time limit as a gift from Zoom. Zoom knew that Herb was going to be on tonight, so they uh, said you guys can keep going. going. Overtime, motherfuckers. <laughs> so Herb, one of the great things about Watershed is you guys aren't just a band. We're not just talking about like your past history and stuff. You guys are still an active band, and you actually have a new record out. We do. Fantastic. So um, we're going to give you a chance to kind of. Plug this and tell us about the recording yeah. of it. Let's, and let's, 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 we, we've reminisced enough about the past, Herb. Let's. When's the next fucking watershed show? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, you know, COVID's uh, thrown a whole bag of wrenches into this, but. Uh, so when I took uh, a hiatus from watershed. Um, you know, they kept going, obviously, uh, and they started working with. Uh, they, they, you know, with their connections up in, in the Detroit music scene, started working with uh, Pad Tim Padlin, uh, who's a very gifted musician in his own right. But he uh, he produced and did a lot of stuff with Sponge and and uh, on that album that broke out. Uh, so he's got some, um, you know, some some good background. But so Tim's got uh, a studio up in in Michigan, and um, uh, we just you know we just want to keep. We want to keep fresh. We want to keep writing songs. We want to keep relevant. So uh, we just, you know, we really kind of, you know, Colin, Joe, and I, Colin kind of pushes, you know, kind of pushes a, pushes us. And let's just start, you know, let's start going in every year. Let's let's write five or six or however many songs. Let's go up and record and get them done. So we went up uh, this past winter uh, up to the studio, and we just went up for a weekend, and we had four songs that we, uh, that we wanted to, to do. And, and Tim is, is, he's an incredible producer. I mean, he really crafted these songs and put them together in a way I, you know, just, I'm so proud of this new of this new stuff. It's, I, I, think, sounds it's, awesome. I think it's our best stuff. It sounds now, awesome. Who is doing the majority of the writing as far as lyrics and music? Is it still kind of Colin more with the music, Joe more with the lyrics, depending on which song, or how's that working? Uh, you know, Colin and Joe both write. They 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 kind of they, they have a they have a uh, they've got the song in their head when they bring it you know, before all of us. So they've got an idea how it wants to how how it wants to go. You know, kind of the beat in their head and and all that, and then uh, we just take it take it from there. And and Tim was there to help out to really uh, you know. Crafty, crafty songs and uh, some pretty cool stuff. Sweet. So, all right. Ed, now, we're all the same age here, buddy. And, you know, as, as, as friends of over almost 30 years, how does it feel at this point? How does it feel <laughs> at this point uh, to still be out there making music and, and you know, and, and still putting things out there into the world? And hopefully when all this is all said and done, go out and play in front of some people again and have some fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, I, it's, it, it's an amazing outlet. I, I'm so glad that, I, that we still have it, that Joe, Colin, and I are still very close. Let's not forget Rick Kinzinger, who is, uh, uh, who plays, you know, with, uh, who's now, you know, plays with Watershed as well, who's a, uh, who's a very gifted musician and, and you know, just, tech wizard uh, on, on everything he he mastered the new stuff for for spotify for the spotify uh, uh platform so uh but yeah I, I don't know what i do without it i mean it really is a great outlet uh we practice 
yeah, it we, keeps you from yelling at the wife and the cat, right? You know. Yeah, so. Well, Todd and I are both very glad that you 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 came back into the fold. I mean, you know, you know, you guys there, have now. There, there is no other watershed besides you, Joe and Colin. That's it's yeah. just, and I I love Dave as much as everybody else. You know, Poochie, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, what are some of the plans for watershed? Watershed's future, maybe some plans that you had before COVID put things on hold, maybe some things you guys got on the back burner for when, when we can start getting out and about again. Yeah, so we're, you know, we're chopping at the bit. Uh, you know, we had some gigs scheduled, uh, obviously, with the, to coincide with the album release and stuff that, that obviously didn't happen. But um, uh, we definitely want to get out and play. Uh, you know, Colin and I talked, we just talked the other day, and we want to, you know, continue to write and get some stuff. We Before this came out, we went down to South Carolina the year before or two years before, and we knocked out about six songs, six or eight songs down there that we just – we threw together there, and uh, they're they're pretty cool. Um, we're, we, Can you get Stubbs exclusive? Are we getting the scoop on this? I think you are. <laughs> uh, so what we're thinking about going and uh, you know, and I want a demo tape. <laughs> looking at those again and seeing what we, what we can do with that. Awesome, man. Um, when when concerts finally come back, who's the band you need to see? Yeah, that's a great question. God, I don't, you know, I'm ashamed to say it, but I've never seen Bruce Springsteen. I don't know if he will tour. Me either. What? Uh, Me either. Yeah, so uh, that really is a must. One of my, you know, all-time favorite concerts of all time was AC, was ACDC. um, Our first episode, episode one, Todd and I told the story of sneaking into the Nationwide Arena. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, what uh, stiff upper lip tour? Uh, that, was that was the, the, the Axel DC tour. Yeah, yeah. What was it? The Axel DC tour Axel Rose. in twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah. oh, okay, okay, that one. Yeah, I, I saw him back in two thousand one at Nationwide. I think it was for the stiff upper lip tour. It was just blew my mind. But uh, I, I, I think I read some stuff. They might be trying to get back out. I don't know. I'd, of course, I'd like to see them, but. Gosh, I don't know. There's so many bands I want to see. You know, I, I, Watershed I, should open for ACDC. Yes, <laughs> we got to work on. We got to work on that, man. That's mm-hmm. that, that's bullshit. That has not happened. Yeah, get Colin on that cause. Uh, he managed to get. He had. You know, he got why is it? He got cheap trick in the Rock Hall of Fame. Come on now. He got a street in Columbus named after Willie Phoenix. Surely, he, we need, yeah, we need to mention that too. God bless yeah. Willie Phoenix. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Willie Phoenix way. So, uh, what are the? So, let's go back to the concert subject. Since this is ticket subs, as we start to wind everything down here, what are your best? What is the best concert you've ever seen, and the worst concert you've ever seen? Uh, so, I, I, I probably spoke too soon, but uh, ACDC "Stiff Upper Lip" is is up there. That was a great concert. Um, we saw Aerosmith up at uh, what's the outdoor arena up by Cleveland called um, Blossom. Blossom. Uh, God, that was a great show. I think that was right before Done with Mirrors came out. I want to say. Nice. Uh, God. That that was uh, oh that was the back in the saddle tour. Eh? Yes, yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. You were right. You guys mm-hmm. are. You guys are well versed in all this. Stuff. We we, we yeah. do our research. It's our job here, Herb. Yeah. Come on now, we don't fuck around. Uh, yeah. um, we don't get paid much, but goddamn it, we take it seriously. Yeah, and then, gosh, one of my favorite concerts ever was uh, Rock and a Hard Place, Aerosmith at the Ohio Center. Gosh, when they were, you know, when Tyler was all fucked up, uh, <laughs> it just uh, he was he, he was. How old were you? Like ten? <laughs> uh, I don't know. What year did that come out? It was one. It was probably one of my first 
five or six concerts I saw. We had great seats, and I just remember him just spitting all over the stage, and <laughs> it was just, yeah. It was and did a- you ever meet the guys in Aerosmith? Uh, yeah, he- I met Tyler, met Steven Tyler at the studio. Um, I can't recall if Joe Perry was there. I mean, they were there. I just don't, uh, Steven was running around, you know, acting kind of crazy. Uh, um, but yeah, we got to say hi and meet him. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. But, so, Kevin, uh, how many, we had any more questions, doctor? We can well, um, you, get back to his family now. <laughs> you, you had a question. Um, uh, do you have any memories of any concerts that you've seen either with, uh, Todd? I know you've seen more concerts with Todd. You may have seen some with me and Todd, but, uh, yeah, actually, a uh, really great one that when, when we were recording and we were recording in New York, Todd, uh, Todd, uh, you know, big, great, Grateful Dead fan. He got me to go out. He got me to go out and see them. Where, where, where were the Meadowlands or where did we Meadowlands, see yeah. Yeah. We, and I remember, uh, yeah. wasn't Bruce Hornsby playing keys that, uh, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, and that was we my first. behind the stage. And that was my first experience uh, at Grateful Dead show. And I was just blown away, you know, walking the parking lot. And then, uh, yeah, that was fun. I remember that. That was. Did, that was, that was did cool. you ever see a Jimmy Buffett show with Todd? I have, yeah. Okay. Uh, a, a couple, right? Yeah, we've seen a couple together. Well, the, the, one, the one I was thinking of when I mentioned that was, all right, so uh, we had a group of people from my high school crew in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And it started about 85, 86 and just grew and grew and grew. It went from like, you know, six people in a van to like 12 people in a van and two cars. And by 91, we had two fucking school buses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So, uh, so me and Herb and our mutual buddy, Mick, and uh, I think Dennis might have come out with us. Yeah, yeah, I think Dennis was there, yeah. And uh, so shout out to Dennis. And, and so we, we had a good group. Dude, we, we had two school buses yeah, uh, to Meriwether Post yeah, uh, to go see Jimmy Buffett. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we had a good time. We had a good time. <laughs> that was a great time. And then again, Herb, we also saw Buffett at Polaris. And we have this on film on an old, old episode of What the Hell Was That? When we met Fred Riker. I was going to say, is this when Fred Riker was playing his guitar in the parking lot? Yes. Really? I don't recall that. Yes, and that was also the same episode we first had titties. So. <laughs> for, for people not from Columbus who have no fucking idea who Fred Riker Fred is, Riker you probably is. have a cheesy car salesman in your town who does some stupid gimmick. Well, Fred yeah. Riker's gimmick was he was the guitar playing uh, car salesman. Yes. All right. So. All uh, right. Now, our our last question here, since we are all Ohio State Buckeye fans, what are your prediction? What is your prediction for our Buckeyes? and national championship well gosh we are so loaded offensively i mean it's um, it's crazy how how uh, on paper how good we are uh, are you concerned we're behind the curve three or four weeks like you know like there are other teams that have already had three four games played yeah i mean it's just it's a weird year i'm still trying to figure out you know the schedule's different now and it's shorter and you know rankings and what are we ranked overall sixth right now um, my only, uh, I'm just the only game I'm really scared of is, is Penn state, our second game on, on the 31st. But I mean, if we could, we could go, you know, uh, all the way. I mean, if that, if that's a, if, if we get through Penn state, we'll be, I feel we'll be undefeated. And, uh, you know, like I said, our, our defense is, 
Would you be willing? Would you be willing to trade an undefeated season for a guaranteed win against Michigan? Would I say that again? Would you Would you be willing to to trade a undefeated season for a guaranteed win against Michigan? I don't understand that question. He's saying he he's saying is it really beating Michigan oh, more drunk. important than anything? No, 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 I'd, rather have, I'd rather have an undefeated season. All right, there we go. We got to and and we, we we're gonna we're gonna stop this before Todd insults the drummers anymore. But uh, no. <laughs> Herb, man, we want to thank you wait, very wait, much. Wait, wait, wait! Yeah. That that was nineteen questions. Uh, there was a twentieth one. Uh-oh. Okay. Unfortunately, it's not gonna get political. Is unfortunately, it? our right wing uh, social media corporate whore <laughs> that owns Five for New Productions will not let me air the final question. So. I, I, I am airing. I am replacing the final question. I have final edit. Just remember. Just remember, I have final edit. Kevin has the final edit. <laughs> Here's the question for both of you. Both of you have lived with me. Yes. Yes. What's my most annoying habit as a roommate? <laughs> I don't know. You, you, take, so you take this one, Herb. Uh, <laughs> You know, Todd's pretty clean, you know. I mean, he's, uh, yeah, he's yeah, clean. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not a slob, so. He's a uh, good cook. He's, he's a good, good cook. cook. He, he cleans up after himself. Uh, I smoke I a know. lot. What's that? I smoke a lot. Yeah, that's probably, you know, the two packs a day is probably a little bit annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Herb, we have a we have a mutual Todd and I have a mutual friend in New York City. He said if Todd ever came to visit him, he said he better not light up a cigarette in my place. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, Todd. Uh, we, we obviously we both love you, or I wouldn't be doing a show with you, and Herb certainly wouldn't be appearing with us here on. This how's the you know, how's the weather in Florida today? Anyways, it's not too bad. Uh, my, as a matter of fact, we're wrapping this up because we are about ready for Game Seven with the Dodgers. Go Dodgers! Yeah. All right, I'm looking forward to that. All right, all right, Herb. Well, this episode well, uh, is going to air on December the sixth. So, uh, everybody, we'll see you then. Uh, Okay. Herb, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. Peace. All right. Bye. See ya. Okay. There there he goes, folks. Herb Shuck from Watershed. Todd, we did it. We actually had a member of one of our on the show. So, uh, we can't beat that. Uh, Next week, we got nothing. (laughs) <laughs> that's not true because all right uh we do have some extra we've got some extra footage we've got some extra stuff yeah so we uh, definitely we banked one there are, there are some bands that we've kind of skipped over uh true, in our true. so we'll adventure that we could probably go back to we we never even mentioned aerosmith exactly we kind of touched on them tonight so uh um, yeah we'll, we'll roll back around to them i know we have a special guest coming on next week uh, another very yeah. special family member another family member uh, you can't even remember recording a, a, an episode with your sister. You're, you're terrible. Oh, oh, oh. Well, <laughs> ah, this is my sister. <laughs> She's so, not talking to me now. Oh, okay. Well, Todd's sister will be joining <laughs> us next week. Uh, see, that's the that's why we recorded it. We were got it. We got it in the bank. We recorded it in advance. Yes, yeah, thanks. Six months ago, we knew this might happen. 
But uh, all right, so, I, you know, uh, I still need to get Dan's rush story. We we yes. can throw that in the X episode. So. Absolutely. If you can wrap that up in the next two weeks while I go off and and then take my little adventure, uh, you know. So. Yeah, no, look, we already mentioned it in the last episode. We, we can did. Say it now, right? We did. So I've got the wedding coming up this weekend. Uh, yeah, woohoo, woohoo! I'm already wearing the ring because the uh, you know the show will be you know. Don't lose by, it, dummy. Will be airing by then. <laughs> Um, yeah, folks, if you know anything about my buddy Kevin, he can't walk out of the house without ten minutes of where are my keys? True. So, we'll get yeah. we'll get all the way to Tennessee, and I'll be like, "Fuck the ring sitting on my fucking uh, nightstand." So, yep, that that could happen. That could happen. But, uh, honey, I'll, I'll try. Honey, out, this goes out to Heather. Honey, I will try not to forget the ring. All so, right. Todd, um, we're gonna well, take we- a couple. We're gonna take a couple weeks off from taping, but uh, there will be an episode next week. You guys, uh, we'll see. We've only got two more, three more episodes. Three more episodes. Oh my! So uh, stick and by around. By the time it airs, I, I could be in prison for all the things I've said against our previous president on Facebook. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. We will see you next week for our extra stories on. Take a stop! My soul's got serious traction. Yeah.